listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. Ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Praise God. Well, I'm excited um, and honored, really, just to be able to have the opportunity to um, to tell you what God's been doing through your support. And um, But I'd like to just pray real quick, if we can, okay? Father, we just thank you for this time. Lord, in your presence, God, your presence is everything, Lord. And I just pray that everything that is said would just touch the hearts and lives of the people that are here, Lord, to see, God, what you've been doing this past year, God, things that only you can do. It's nobody but you, nobody but you, God. And Lord, we just thank you for the word that's going to come forth. And we pray, Lord, that you would use it to exhort, to build up, to lift up, God, and to propel us forward into those things that you have for us. Just like that song said, let the future begin. And, Lord, we love you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, first of all, I just want to thank Pastor for allowing us to come. And I'm telling you, when I tell you that he supports us, yes, our church financially supports and is one of the biggest supporters and enables us to do what God has called us to do. And But... More than that, he supports us. He guards over our souls. He prays for us. He comes over monthly and pours into our leaders and just builds us up. And if there's anything that, you know, we need um, answers to or if we have questions, he's just there really to mentor and to to oversee. And, and Pastor, we just love you and we thank you for for everything that you do to su- just to support us. Yeah, we have an awesome pastor. Seriously, you give it up. Yes. Um, first of all, we just recently, these past couple of weeks, moved into a new suite, uh, doubling our space from 1,600 square feet to 3,300 square feet because we literally outgrew. We were using that suite plus the Keeping It Real studio to turn into two counseling rooms on Thursdays because we literally have like 20 to 30 women in there in one room. So God provided and made a way for us to have this extra space. Now we have four counseling rooms and two classrooms and, and we're just excited about that and Another thing that I wanted to share with you, um, just last year, I just want to give you some quick statistics, and I don't want to spend too much time because I don't want to use my all my time because um, God's got a word for you. But we saw 341 clients last year, 341 clients, and out of those, um, 197 we saw at the jail. And 82 of those came in for clothing and items. We had 39 salvations and 77 rededications. Praise God. 
that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. And, um, and so we're excited. Um, just real briefly, I, I just want to share a little bit about, as you know, um, I lost my son to suicide about a year and a half ago. And I was just saying, you know, Lord, how are you going to get glory from this, really? How, do you, how are you going to get glory? Miss Nancy and I were talking, and she was talking about how God put his fingerprints all over everything, and she's not pulling out any Windex. And, um, and so, and, and here's the thing. In the last 18 months since Ricky died, I went through training. Through that training, through experience, and through what God gave me is the Elijah model. We have been able to implement a suicide crisis intervention training. So that's one thing God's done in the past 18 months. Another thing that he's done is a Door of Hope now provides a Never Lose Hope scholarship for kids that have overcome adverse and unfortunate circumstances so that we can sow into their future. And another thing is, is that our story, our story, mine, Ricky's, and Jesus's, is going to be published in a book called Rock Bottom and Back. And I believe that that is going to be a platform to be able to bring hope out into the world for those that are dealing with suicide, those that are dealing with all sorts of issues. And so that's coming out in July. And so God can take the, the most deepest tragedies in our lives and he, he can get glory. I don't know how he does it, but he does. Praise God. Okay. Two dates. I want to give you real quick and then I'm moving on. Camp Hope. Girls 13 to 17. This camp is, um, especially focused on raising awareness. We want our girls to be prepared. We don't want them in a domestic violence situation, so we teach them about signs of domestic violence. We don't want them to get lured into different things, so we teach them. And so that's going to be the week of June 21st through June 24th. Free, free camp. Come on, ladies, free camp for your girls. Praise God. And then we have the Overcome Women's Retreat, September 30th, through October 1st. This is for uh, ladies 18 and older. And this is just um, a powerful time of fellowship and ministry time. We have breakout sessions. And you can go online at Eventbrite, pull up Overcome Women's Retreat, and get more information about that. Okay. Catherine, help me watch the time. Tonight, I want to talk to you about the doors in our lives. I want to get into the word tonight, okay? Every day we go through doors. You got in a car door today to get here. You came in through the church doors to get here. And I want to talk to you about the doors in your life. And the first door that I want to talk to you about, I don't know if if we have the picture, but the first door is Jesus is the door. Jesus is the door. In John 10, 9 through 10, it says, I am the door. This is Jesus talking. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. He will be saved. It says, uh, it trend, oh, I'm sorry, Blech, lost my place. He will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So Jesus is the door, and this is the absolute most important door that you will ever walk through. Because this door is the door between life and death. It's the door between heaven and hell. It is the most important door. It literally changes the course of your life. 
Jesus is the door. And then the second door that I want to talk to you, I want to talk to you about the doors to your spiritual house. Okay? Listen to this. In, in 1 Corinthians six nineteen through 20, it says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have from God? And you are not your own, for you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, okay? And so we have to guard that temple, and we have to watch out and make sure that some doors are shut in our life. Thank you, Lord. Okay, so... When we allow openings in our spiritual life, the devil feels that he has the right to take advantage of us in those specific territories. But if we keep the doors closed, he can't do what he'd like to do, okay? So we've got to make sure that those doors are guarded and that they're locked, right? So what are these doors? How can the enemy come in through a door? So the first um, thing... I thought about, and I had, a, I had a picture of it. It was a door with a peephole. Y'all know what a peephole is? Okay, well, I looked up the definition of a peephole, and it says, a small hole that may be looked through, especially one in a door through which visitors may be identified before the door is opened. So you want to make sure... Who's coming into your house? You're not going to let just anybody up into your house. So you're going to identify who that person is. And if it's a stranger, you're not going to let him in. Because we got to guard ourselves against the wiles of the enemy. First Peter 5, 8 says, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, he walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The word vigilant means keeping careful watch for possible danger or difficulties. Now, the next picture I had, it was a picture of a surveillance camera, but it wasn't just one. It was about 20 cameras pointed in all kinds of directions. See, if, if I'm by myself, and, 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 and this is what I like to call it, eyes like surveillance. If I'm by myself, I'm trying to watch all like this, trying to have eyes like surveillance. Come on, sometimes at night they'll have them, them kind of cameras and they can catch stuff in the dark, can't they? But come on, ladies, come on, let's do the example that I told you all about. Come on, Shauna, where are you at? Get up here, girl. So this is the way that it should be. Come on, back to back to back to back to back. Eyes like surveillance, right? Why? Because we're the body of Christ. We got to watch out for each other, right? We got to make sure that the enemy's not coming against us or each other. Amen? We got to have eyes like surveillance. Praise God. Praise God. Jesus. Paul tells us that we are the determining factor in whether the devil can operate in our life or not. Usually it's because we allow him to. And um, in Ephesians 4.27, he says, neither give place to the devil. 
it says, or in the Amplified, it says, leave no room or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity to him. And one of the pictures that I had was a door that was cracked with a foot in it. In that, you know, because that's all the devil wants. See, he don't put a pile of cocaine in front of you and say, here. No, what he does is he tries to lure you with a joint or one glass of wine. It's just wine. Come on. Come on. Or, or if you're in a relationship and you're dating, he doesn't just, you know, lure you into having, you know, a, a sexual relationship all at once. He'll lure you a little bit at a way and get you alone. And then it's just one thing after another and temptation. And so we've got to be wise. We've got to have eyes like surveillance. So what are some of these doors? The first door... Watching the time. How am I doing on time? Okay, because I got a lot of doors. The first one, <laughs> the first one is sin. Okay, listen to this Genesis 4 7. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you, but you shall rule over it. Praise God. So we have dominion and authority. We can make a choice not to, but it's lying at the door. So we got to look through that peephole and we got to say, uh-uh, I ain't opening the door to that. Right? We got we to gotta guard it. See, sin is progressive. It'll take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. Ain't that the truth? So what do we need to do? We need to repent quickly. If we fall, we need to repent quickly. Don't stay there. Oh, God, don't stay there. Just get back up. Just just get back up. Just repent. Just tell Jesus, Jesus, God, I'm sorry. Just take care. God, here I am. And just start over into the new. Into the new. Let it go. It's gone. It's done with. It's forgiven. It's under the blood. He remembers it no more. He casts it as far as the east is from the west into the sea of forgetfulness. It's done. It's done. Move forward. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will what? He's going to flee. Amen. The next one is lineage. The next door is lineage. Inherited weaknesses from our family lineage is an area that we should examine closely. Our ancestors may have done things that we are completely unaware of that can still affect us today. One of the things we do at Adore Hope is we do a family tree. We do a family tree so that we can take authority over some of those areas. And first, we've got to recognize what they are. I had a call from somebody tonight. They said, I got a bad report from the doctor. They're saying something's wrong with my heart. My, my mama's two brothers, one of them died at 40 from a massive heart attack. So what did we do? We took authority over that. And I took authority over fear. And I broke that generational curse of premature death. That the enemy would try to put on him. Why? Because he's blood bought. We just need to remind the devil. He's bought with the blood. Devil, you can't have him in Jesus' name. And you, um, there's a scripture for that in Numbers 14, 18. But for the sake of time, I'm going to keep going. The next door is crisis. An emotional or physical crisis can leave doors open that we must go back and close. Or the enemy will continue to harass us. In that part of our life. And so if there's an area and you feel like you're stuck and you can't get past it, it's because God wants to heal you. And so you got to allow the Holy Spirit to come in and heal that area. 
And you may need to work through dealing with some unforgiveness and some anger and some confusion and some, you know, whatever it is that you're going through that's keeping you hindered so that you can continue to grow and thrive and be all. God doesn't want to get. I saw a woman who lost her daughter. And this, when, when I saw her, she had lost so much weight and she was stuck. She was stuck. Like from 20 years ago, just stuck in that place. I don't want that to be me. I don't want that to be me. God, heal me. Do whatever you got to do in me because I want to be everything that you want me to be and I want to move forward. So we just got to let him deal with those areas. Amen? So this can include, but it's not limited to, the loss of a loved one, either by death or divorce. Abuse, such as physical, emotional, or sexual abuse in childhood or as an adult, a car accident or other trauma. We have to allow the, the Lord to heal these traumas so that, we, um, so that the enemy cannot harass us in those areas. Because, you know, a lot of times there's shame and the enemy just pounds that, pounds that, pounds. So we got to let God free us and deliver us and we got to know who we are in him. So guess what? The devil don't play the same tricks on me today that he did 20 years ago. Because guess what? He knows he can't. So he's got to find a whole new bag of tricks to try because those ones don't work anymore. (laughs) The next door is ignorance. Ignorance of the word can leave openings in our defenses that are devastating. Paul in different books of the Bible warns us six times, do not be ignorant concerning the word of God. If we don't know what our rights are as a child of God, how can we defend ourselves? But when we know whose we are, come on, whose we are, then we understand what our rights are, and that door can be shut. And the enemy can't try the same old tricks over and over, right? Amen. Okay, so the next word, I mean, the next door is words. See, because the enemy can't read our mind. So he's listening to everything that comes out of your mouth. So who are you agreeing with? Are you in agreement with God and what his word says? Or are you agreeing with the devil? Because I'm telling you, if you're speaking defeat over your life, that's what you're going to get is defeat. But if you're speaking the word, no matter what it feels like, no matter what it looks like, if you are getting it out of your mouth, not just, but speaking it out of your mouth, the enemy goes because he he has nowhere, no room. There's no room. That door is closed. There's no room for him. Okay, the next door that I want to talk to you about is a revolving door. Have you ever felt like you're going through the same thing over and over and over again? Like you're going in circles? Seems like you're going through the same trials, going around the same mountains over and over again? Okay, that's a revolving door. And so what I encourage us to do when we're faced with something that we've been around just too many times so that we ain't got to go around that mountain one more time is just stopping and saying, okay, God, what am I supposed to learn from this? Show me what it is because I want to pass the test this time. I want to I get an A++ and let's move on. <laughs> Praise God. All right, so the next door is prison doors. Some of us live confined behind walls that we have created. I used to say I was in a a prison far worse than any jail that I had ever been to. 
because it was a prison in my own mind. So what are some of the things that create prison doors? Trust issues from hurts in our past can cause us to live behind these walls, these doors. Fear can create prison doors in our lives. Unforgiveness. And um, God doesn't want us to live behind these. You know, he really, he wants us to be free. Listen to this. In John 20, 19 through 20, it says, Later on that day, the disciples had gathered together, but fearful of the Jews had locked all the doors in the house. Jesus entered, stood among them and said, Peace to you. Then he showed them his hands inside. I want you to know, I don't know what kind of walls you're behind today, but aren't you glad that Jesus knows how to get through walls that are closed? It doesn't matter what you've got going on. Jesus was able to show himself strong. He didn't need anybody to just open it up. He was able to go straight through and meet them where they were, and he's able to meet you right where you are. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He can go through a locked door to find us. He can reach us right where we are, no matter where that is or what it looks like. The next door, how am I doing on time? Is storage doors. Had a picture of some storage doors. Oh, look, y'all are getting the pictures. Praise God. I didn't see them over there, so I wasn't sure. Okay, good. Some of us have baggage stored down deep inside like a storage. We stuff things. Yeah, you know how they stuff a stuffed animal and they just or a pillow and they just stuff and stuff. And if you get a really good one, they put a lot of stuffing in there because, well, we stuff things deep down inside. And sometimes we only allow the Lord to come into the living room of our house. But he wants to get down into the basement of our soul. And so in, in order to do that, we just need to say, okay, Lord, have your way. We just need to surrender. We just need to surrender. And just let him have his way. Okay, the next door I want to talk to you about is um, the open door for sharing the gospel. Listen to Acts 14, 17. It says, Now when they had come and gathered the church together, they reported all that God had done with them, and that he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. See, we need to recognize when we see these opportunities to share the gospel. Because these are doors of opportunities that literally could mean the difference between life and death. It could mean the difference between somebody not, um, not knowing Christ to being saved. It could mean the difference between somebody who was discouraged to being encouraged. You know, we've got to look for these doors of opportunity. See, because you never know, one plants, one waters, God gives the increase, and then we reap a harvest. Sometimes we reap where we have not sown. Sometimes it's your time to reap a soul, to reap something. And and so we've got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And one of the things I always say is be a good listener. If you listen, you can hear what somebody is going through or what they need. Find something in common, you know, because that develops a bond and it gives you an opportunity to minister and to talk to them. Um, We should always be ready to share our faith with others. 
and always be listening for the Holy Spirit to give you something for them. Give you a word, give you a nugget, give you just, you know, something that they need. Praise God. Okay, the next one is the door of opportunity. In Scripture, a door is often used to express the opportunity to do God's will and advance his cause. In Revelations 3, 7, and 8, it says, These things says, He who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I know your work. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. Don't you know that God has doors for you? God has doors of opportunity to get his work done. And he's going to put those doors in front of you. And if that door shut, you know that ain't your door or it's not your season. But when that door opens, know that God was the one that opened that door for you. God was the one that wants to bless you. And so you can know that God has a plan for you and that door of opportunity. Thank you, Lord. In 2 Corinthians 2.12, it says, Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was opened to me by the Lord. By who? By the Lord. So you don't have to wonder, well, is this God or is this not? It's a door of opportunity. God puts it before you. I love this scripture. It's in 1 Corinthians 16.9. It says, For a great and effective door has opened to me. And there are many adversaries. A great and effective. How many of you want to be effective for the kingdom? A great and effective door has opened to me. Now, we don't like the second part of that. And with it are many adversaries. But, you know, hey, part, part of the job description as a Christian, right? <laughs> part of being a Christian. But we have victory. Thank you, Lord. So uh, the next door I wanted to talk to you about, this is out of the message was the door of his sky vaults. The door of his sky vaults. It says in Deuteronomy 28, 11 through 14, God will lavish you with good things, children from your womb, offspring from your animals, and crops from your land, the land that God promised your ancestors that he would give you. God will throw open the doors of his sky vaults and pour rain on your land on schedule and bless the work you take in hand. So I love that because the doors of his, those are the windows of heaven. And he's going to throw them open for you and he is going to pour out blessings on schedule. Don't you know God has a schedule of when to release your blessings and he's right on time. He's never late. He's right on schedule and he is going to do that for you right on time. Thank you, Jesus. I tell you, yesterday we were praying at Adore Hope. And uh, one of the things I ask the ladies to do is to stop and pray and listen and release the word. And this is what God said. He said, sometimes I come softly and sometimes I come suddenly. But just know that I'm coming. I'm coming. Hallelujah. God is good. Thank you, Lord. So when God, when it's God's vision, he will provide everything you need. Everything. The people, the finances, everything you need to fulfill it. Amen. Now the next door is my favorite door. It makes me cry every time and I'm sorry. 
because I feel the weight of his presence on this door. And that's the chamber doors. In the Song of Solomon 5 and 2, it says, One night as I was sleeping, my heart awakened in a dream. I heard the voice of my beloved. He was knocking at my bedroom door. Thank you, Pastor. In Isaiah 26, 20, it says, Come, my people, enter your chambers and shut your doors behind you. This is the place where intimacy happens. This is the place of your alone time with God. You know, you wonder how people carry visions and carry dreams. This is, this is the dreaming place. This is the place where, see, because, see, conception cannot happen without intimacy. You've got to have that quiet, alone time with God. You've got to be able to allow God to deposit in you his dreams and his visions and his plans. The calling on your life, that comes out of time in his presence. The corporate anointing, there's nothing like it. I love, I love the corporate anointing when we're all together. But more important than that, I love my alone time with the Lord. It's a place where secrets are revealed. It's private. It's personal. It's a place of rest. It's a place where you can just be you. You can weep if you need to weep, laugh if you need to laugh, shout if you need to shout. It's intimate. Thank you, Lord. Okay, the next door is the threshold. There were three definitions for threshold, but this is the one I want to give you tonight. It's the starting point for a new state or experience. Come on, many of us are on the threshold of new. I I wrote that down. Um, let the future begin from that song. Let the fu- you're on the threshold. Let the future begin. See, because when you're on the threshold, the threshold separates two locations, doesn't it? If, I, if I'm standing on this side, I'm in the sanctuary. But if I go through that room, I'm in the prayer room. It separates two locations. So you're on the verge of stepping from one place to another. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. The last door is the the exit door. And and basically what that is, is just knowing when a season is over. And it's okay. It's okay to cross the threshold. It's okay to cross over into the new. So I want to close with this. In Revelations 3.20, it says, look. I've been standing at the door, and I'm constantly knocking. If anyone hears me calling, hears me calling him and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. So I want everyone to stand to your feet tonight. Thank you, Lord. And I want to ask you, I want to ask you, do you hear him knocking? Do you hear him calling with every eye closed? If you're here tonight and you say, yeah, I I hear him knocking at the door of my heart tonight. And I want to open that door and I want Jesus to rule and reign in my heart and in my life. 
If that's you, I'd like you to raise your hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'd like us to pray this prayer together because I see hands going up over here. Jesus, I hear you knocking on my heart's door. I hear you calling me. And I'm opening the door to my heart today. And I'm inviting you in to every room, the living room and the basement. Rule and reign in my heart and in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.